6. And tonight we're going to, the title of the message is, Don't Cross That Line. Don't Cross That Line. Look what it says in verse 36, the first King chapter 2, verse 36. Look what it says there. And the king sent and called for Shimei and said unto him, Build thee an house in Jerusalem and dwell there, and go not forth thence any hither. For it shall be that on the day that thou goest out and passest over the broke kindred, thou shalt not thou shalt know for certain that thou shalt surely die. Thy blood shall be upon thine head, thy own head. And Shimei said unto the king, The saying is good, as the Lord the king had said, so will thy servant do. And Shimei dwelt in Jerusalem many days. And it came to pass at the end of three years that two of, of the servants of Shimei ran away unto uh, I, uh, whatever name is it, uh, Ashish, I said, son of, uh, I'm sorry, and to Ashish, the son of Mekah, uh, king of Gad. And they told Shimei, saying, Behold, thy servants be in Gad. And Shimei arose and, and settled his, his ass and went to Gad, to Ashish and, and to seek his servants, and Shimei went and brought his servants from Gad. And it was told Solomon that Shimei was gone from Jerusalem to Gad, and, uh, and it was come again. And the king sent and called for Shimei and said unto him, Did not I make thee to swear by the Lord and, and uh, protest un, uh, unto thee, saying, No, for certain on the day that thou goest out and walkest abroad any hither, that thou shalt surely die? And thou sayest unto me, the word, the word that I have heard is good. When, I'm sorry, why hast thou not kept the, the oath of the Lord and the commandment that I charge thee with? And the king said, Moreover to Shimei, thou knowest all the wickedness which thine heart is private to, that thou didst to uh, David my father, therefore the Lord shall return thy wickedness unto thy own head. And King Solomon shall be blessed, and the throne of David shall be established before the Lord forever. And the king commanded Benaiah the son of Jodiah, and which uh, went out and fell upon him, and that he died. And the kingdom was established in the hand of Solomon. Let's pray heavily, Father. Thank you, Lord, for this passage of Scripture. The Lord uh, is a warning here. When we cross the line, sometimes it is consequences. And this man, Shimei, right here, Lord, he was warned that if he crossed that line, he was going to pay. And he did cross that line, and he paid. And Lord, help us to understand, Lord, that in lines that we should not cross. And there are lines, Lord, if we cross, there's consequences that come about. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so tonight we're looking about don't cross that line. So it's pretty, it's pretty uh, obvious what we see here in this passage. This man Shimei, he did so much wrong to King David. And uh, of course, David, before he died, told Solomon to take care of this situation. And of course, we see the mercy of, of Solomon here. He said, all right, you're going to live in Jerusalem. You stay there, but don't you cross that line. Because if you cross that line, you surely will die. Three years. The guy was a good guy. <laughs> Three years. After three years, what did he do? He didn't care about the words of the king. And what he did, do what he wanted. And of course, consequences will come. And it did came. 
So we live in a day on which some people don't want to live under the rule of law or any type of boundary. Uh, it is amazing if you talk with certain people. Uh, I talk with a man, uh, young man today, his name is Bob. <laughs> he works with me. He doesn't like boundaries. He doesn't like laws. He just said that we just should kill everything and start over. I said, well, with the wicked heart that you have there, I don't think so. You know, like, it's amazing how people are. We don't want any laws. We don't want no boundary. We don't want any. We want to do what we want to do. What would happen if we had that? What would happen? Chaos, wasn't it? It would chaos. You know why? Because the Bible is clear. The Bible says the human heart is desperately what? Wicked. Wicked. Everybody would push their own agenda, their own thing. Everybody would be their own little king and they have their own little kingdom. You know, there be there will be wars and more wars over and over. That's why we need laws and we need uh, law enforcement to what uh, to restrain us. Otherwise, we'd be in serious, serious problems because the heart is desperately wicked. So they want to do what they want to do. They don't want to, you know, nobody to tell them what to do. Even if they disobey the law, you know, they come with these excuses and they say the law is wrong. So, you know what, you know, folks, let me put it this way. They are good officers and they are bad officers, right? They are good firemen and bad firemen. You know, they have good doctors and bad doctors. They have good nurses and bad nurses. You go to a restaurant, they have good waitress and bad waitresses, right? You know, it's good and bad everywhere, right? Isn't that true? You know, but you're not going to say, like, every restaurant is bad because I went to one restaurant and, you know, one waitress didn't serve me the way I wanted, you know? You know, it, it can't be that way, you know. So, we you know, today is like, you know, all officers, all, all officers is bad, all government is bad. It's not true. That's not true. So, I personally think that it's silly for a person to try to live with no boundaries. Don't you think? For boundaries are all around us. All right. There was a young woman that said, I think I'm doing a study and the earth is losing its gravity. You hear me? <laughs> so the friend said to her, all right, do you really think so? She said, yes, the earth is losing its gravity. How do you know that? Well, according to my studies. So they, they, she took her to the top of a building and she said, why don't you try see if gravity really is going away? <laughs> There's a boundary there, no? Because if you step out, you're going where? You're going down. <laughs> there is a boundary that you don't want to, because if you cross that boundary, you're going to pay serious consequences because you're going to find yourself down. <laughs> so, it's silly. I don't know how people come out with these things. But anyway, <laughs> so there are, there are boundaries with nature on which we must respect it or else we can hurt ourselves or even die because of it. Don't you, right? Don't you agree with me? There are boundaries in nature on which you just don't cross it. You know, let's, for an example, uh, some people like to ride the waves in the ocean. But there's certain waves, you just don't want to cross it. Or, you know, some currents of water, you might not want to cross it. Or some, you know, places that you don't want to go because if something fails, you know, guess what? You're going to get hurt. So it is boundaries that you say, okay, and if you do, you've got to respect, you've got to watch them. So, there are boundaries with God on which you don't want to cross it either. There are boundaries with the Lord that you don't want to cross it either. 
You know, for an example, the Lord says, and the, the, the Lord says that, you know, uh, the, He is the door. And He's the only way. But people try to find other ways to heaven, and He says, no, 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 this is the way. They try to climb, you know, Jesus said even in the book of Matthew, try to climb, go some other way. And He said, oh, they are thieves and robbers. You know what? There's only one way. So God set that boundary. God said, you can invent what you want, but to heaven, that's the only way. So there are boundaries with family structure, with church uh, structure, with government uh, structure, with neighborhoods. There are, listen, folks, every way we go, there are boundaries that we must not cross. You know, and we try to cross it like this guy, he crossed it. And you know what? Somebody saw it. You know, you can be doing 90 miles an hour every day for many years, and you cross that boundary. And you praise God every time you do it because you don't get caught. But one day, <laughs> you just, mm, and consequences come about. So, life is filled with boundaries. Some are important, some others are not so much important, but there are boundaries. Government places boundaries in our lives through various laws and regulations. And, of course, there are people who don't like law, who don't like regulations. You know, Jesus said, give the Caesar with Caesar, give, give God what belongs to God. So society places boundaries in our lives by, t- by telling what most people feel, uh, you know, uh, it is all for our good, to restrain us because we have wicked minds and wicked hearts. So religion places boundaries upon the lives of people by telling them what can they do, what can they cannot do. Even churches like EBBC have certain standards which we expect the people who attend to observe, right? You know, every, you, know you go to certain jobs, they have boundaries, they have regulations, but some people don't like those things. So the list could literally go on and on about boundaries. We are surrounded in our world by boundaries. So when the boundary is crossed, usually a penalty is, uh, 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 is to come. So if you violate the law of the land and get caught there, there's a price to pay. If you step over the boundaries imposed by society or religion, you must be ostracized by the group or, or you know, tell it to leave. Uh, when you, you cross the boundaries of life, you can be, pay a great price as well. So the same is true when it comes to the Lord. God in, uh, in, his, uh, in His Word and uh, uh, his, word, his Word and His will, and He places many boundaries upon our lives. When we step over one of God's boundaries, there's always a heavy price to pay. He is patient, isn't He? He is loving, He's full of mercy and grace, but God has His limits. To cross a boundary that God has drawn seals your faith. For an example, if you are a child of God and you try to live for, for the devil every day and, and ignore the things of God. He's going to make your life miserable, but it will come a point the Lord's going to say, child, you're going to come home. What about those who reject God over and over and over again? It comes a day, they have a meeting with God and their life is over. They cross a boundary that they, they can, they're going to pay for eternity for it. So our text presents a man by the name of Shimei right here. His life is a, is a perfect example of a person who knew no boundaries. Step over them and pay a terrible, tragic price for it. So I want to take a look at this man uh, tonight. That's what we're going to do. So why, you may ask. 
It may be that there's someone, I mean, there's someone, there's not someone. Uh, there may be that we need to understand and remind ourselves there are boundaries that we don't like to, or we don't want to cross in our daily lives. There are boundaries we, not, we don't want to cross. I think we don't want to overcross God's boundaries and say, Lord, Lord I'm going to live for you instead of live against you like, Lord, like, Lord you're my enemy. We don't want to do that. So let's look at this man tonight, Shimei. First of all, number one, we see Shimei, greatest, great sin. So folks, something that all of us have a, uh, uh, one thing that all of us have, uh, uh, have in common here tonight is that we are all sinners tonight, here tonight. You agree with me? We all sinners. We all have a sinful nature. Listen, all right, so you and I are Christians. I'm talking to Christians here tonight, but let me put it this way. We Christians here tonight, all right? We have a sinful nature. Okay. Can you make a mess out of your life being a Christian? Yes, you can. Can I make a mess out of my life being a Christian? Absolutely. You know why? If I let this old man go away and go wild and let, you know, yeah, I can make a mess out of my life. You know, it's true. We, because you know why? We have a sinful nature. Unfortunately, is the word, when we got saved, the old man didn't go away. Stayed here. So we can make a mess out of our life. So we, well, we all sinners here. We all know what sin is and what sin can do in our lives. We also understand that some sin are greater than others, but that, that's all sin, and all sin is wrong before, the, before a holy God. you agree with me? All sin is wrong before a holy God. He's not like, you know, I, I will never sin again, but why I can sin less. Follow that? So with this in mind, that is, that's what the Shimei did here. So let's look at one, number one, or letter A. He defiled God. We see this, actually, we have to go to uh, 2 Samuel chapter 16. Uh, actually, go to 2 Samuel chapter 16, and we will make our way back to our text. And verse 5, uh, actually, uh, yeah, verse 5, uh, we see that, that David here is on the run because of his son Absalom. Uh, but we see Shimei shows up as he, 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 he uh, uh, David makes his way out of the palace. And verse, actually, verse 6 says, it says that he cast stones at David. And all that the servants of King David and all the people and all the might, uh, uh, mighty men were on his right hand. Um, so mighty men were on his on his right hand and on the left. And thus said Shimei when he cursed, "Come out, come out, thou bloody man, thou son of Belial." So, folks, let me put it this way: He defiled God. Why did he say he defiled God right here? Why did he do that? You know. David he was was a and, uh, it was a uh, it was a king anointed, anointed by God and this guy is cursing God's anointed man right here. Listen, I think I put it this way: we need to be careful that we don't curse God's anointed man or a person that God put in a place. Let me tell you, it is a very serious thing to do. And right here, that's what he does. He goes out of his mouth, come all these words. So as we started, I mean, I started before, David was forced to leave, like I said, Jerusalem. I mean, we know that. But this guy right here takes the opportunity, takes the opportunity to curse and to throw, literally throw rocks at the king with the intention of hurting him because he knows that David is on a run right here. So the phrase cast stones refers to stoning someone to death. He had a mission. He just wanted to hurt King David. So when the Bible says he cursed him, it means that he treated him with contempt or to dishonor. By this act, Shemiah was in rebellion to God. Why? Like I said, David was God's anointed man, 
and and to in in he's he's, he's Cursing uh, God's men right here. So keep in mind here that it was God who put David on the throne, not David himself. Now, who was David? David was a little poor shepherd boy, wasn't he? It was God that put him in the position of a king, not David himself. God put him there. Now, this man right here uses the opportunity to do that. You know how sad it is? When a man knows that you are a pastor of a church and curses God right in front of you. That's what I face many times, folks, in the workplace. Because I work with many unsaved people. I mean, most unsaved people. It is very difficult to hear that. These people doing those things. But I tell you what, David right here, he was cursed to his face right here. Everybody heard it. Not only cursed, but he threw stones at him to the purpose of hurting him. So David, I'm sorry, it was the prophet Samuel that, commanded, that, that was commanded by God to go anoint to David to be the king of Israel. So David being king of Israel was not, not his own doing, like I said, but it was God's plan. He, he, was, he was there for a reason. He was there for a purpose. He was there because God put him in that position. So Shimei was guilty because he took a stand against God, against God's will, against God's plan. So note, in this Shimei is a picture of a, of a lost sin. And when he goes in front of a, a, a uh, a man that is anointed by God and, and, and purposely, or however how they do it, and curse God. Just like Shemiah, every person in this world in their natural state is guilty of rebellion against God. Actually, go to Romans chapter 5 and verse 23. I have several verses here, but this one, uh, it says, uh, actually, Go to Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6, and I read the other verses to you. I think so it, it give you time to get there. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6. But if Romans 3.23 says, for all, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And Isaiah 53.6 says, we all like sheep have gone astray. We turn everyone his own way. And the Lord had laid on him the iniquity of us all. But Isaiah 64.6 says, but we are all as an unclean thing. And all our righteousness are as filthy, filthy rags, and we all to fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. So no matter what we may think of ourselves, God has declared us to be guilty before Him. Our problem is the same as that of Shimei right here. He had defiled God, and before a person comes to know the Lord Jesus Christ as personal Savior, is the same thing. He is against God. If you say that to somebody, probably say, oh, I'm not against God. You are. Why don't you receive Him as your Savior? Obviously, they are against God. They have war against God. They want nothing to do with God. Why do they resist you as a Christian when you talk to them? Obviously, they don't want to hear what you have to say. If you talk about something else, they would listen to you. But when it comes to God, they are. Oh, they resist it. Why? Because they're against God. If you say you are an enemy of God, they'll say, oh, no. But if, you, but if you talk about uh, the message that God has for them, guess what? Then they oppose you. You know why? Because they are at war against God. Let it be, he deserved that. 
He deserved that. Like we said in 1 Samuel 16, 9, it says, Then said, Ebushai, why should this dead dog curse my lord, the king? Let me go over, I pray thee, and take off his head. You see, <laughs> I mean, I like the way this guy said it. I mean, he saw what he did to David. He, he, he heard the cursing. He saw the stones, and they know what? David probably have to hide so he, he can wouldn't get hurt. And this guy says, let me go to this dog, and I cut his head off. Wow, this guy was just like, he was going at it. And folks, we live in a day and age on which we can all call people bad names these days. You see, I mean, it's a, I like, first, folks. I don't think, me personally, I wouldn't go to, I don't care how much I agree or disagree. And, and I do disagree, don't get me wrong. And with a, a politician, you know, they're politicians, I don't agree with their policies. But believe me, if I were in the same room with them, I would not go curse the guy. I wouldn't do that. I mean, you've got you to respect the position. And I might not agree with the mayor, but it doesn't mean like I'm going to curse him to the face. I can go to him and say, Mr. Mayor, I don't agree with your policies. I can tell him this thing that you did, and I have no, and I can have a nice, intelligent conversation, but go literally and curse the guy. I wouldn't do that. But we live in a day and age on people just, I tell you what, this president that we have, I heard so many names, oh my word. I think it's like, listen, I said, all right. I go a lot of times to this side. Let me go to this side right now. I say to people all the time, listen, instead of cursing the guy, why don't you pray for him? What do you mean? He needs a savior just like you do. Pray for him and somebody reach out to him and give him the gospel. And before you know, he pass from this life and he gets saved. Pray for his cabinet members. Pray for the people that are under him. They need the Lord. I mean, does not mean that you have to agree with his policies, but respect his position He's a human being. So, this guy deserved to die right here. Definitely deserved to die. But you know what? David shows mercy here. So, let me put it this way. Shemiah had cursed David, God's anointed king. And because of it, he was deserving that right here. And this one of his men was ready to do it. So note this, the same is true for every lost person in the world. God has fixed the penalty of our sin at, at that, Romans 6.23. We may think it to be harsh or, uh, or out of date, but the fact remains that those who die in their sin, die lost, will spend eternity apart from God in a place called hell. And people say, wow, what kind of God is this to send people to hell? Listen, folks, God doesn't send anyone to hell. They go to themselves because they want to go. So when a person rejects Jesus as Savior, a free gift of salvation that God just made it possible for the human race, and that person literally every time is, is confronted with resisting and resisting, when that person dies, that person has no excuse. No excuse to say, oh, it's God's fault. No, it's not God's fault. When the Savior already came and paid for you, so you wouldn't go there. It's amazing how people say, oh, you know, God wouldn't go, uh, what kind of God is this and send people there? God doesn't send anyone there. You know what we do? We want to go there ourselves. So people joke and say, oh, I'm going to go there and play my guitar and my drums. I'm going to have a wonderful... You know when I hear people say that, you know what I say to them? You have no idea what are you going to. You have no idea what you're about to face to. I said, don't keep on laughing because you will 
regret for all eternity the laughs that you're laughing. You will not laugh when you get yourself there. And why is that? But well, you know, and let me tell you what the Bible says. Is that when they resisted. I don't want to, they don't want to hear what the Bible says. Because supposedly in the minds of many people, God is a God of love. Of course he is a God of love and a God of justice too. So, let us see. We see he discovered mercy. In verse 2 Samuel 16, 10, all the way uh, 11 and 12, we see they discovered mercy. The fact that Shimei was defiled, God, uh, God and deserved to die, he was treated with grace and mercy by King David. God, King David was so, you know, he didn't want people, he didn't want casualties in his kingdom. He's trying to rush out of, out of Jerusalem. So because of his son Absalom, he, he gave him mercy to this guy, right? He told, him to, to, told this guy, no, no, you're not going to cut his head off. Just let, let him go. We're just going to keep on going. And he did. He, in this verses, you see that he, uh, actually, verse 10 says, and the king said, what have I do with you, ye sons of um, uh, Zeruiah, I believe? And so let him curse because the Lord had said to him, Curse David, who shall then say, Wherefore hast thou done, uh, done so? Uh, you know, we see right here in these verses that, that David is giving him mercy here. Folks, let me tell you this way. The Bible says in Lamentations, it's by his mercy that we're not consumed. You know what? The people of this world are not consumed by the righteousness of God, because God is merciful. All the wickedness that goes on every day in our world, you think God doesn't know? You think the Lord doesn't see it? He doesn't look like blinders on, or like the Lord just, just walks around and goes, all right, I want to see what's going on. He sees, the, the Bible says, the eyes of the Lord are everywhere. He's seeing the wicked, and He sees the good, He sees all. Why does God does not consume these people? With the wickedness that goes on. Because of His mercy. God's mercy is, goes beyond our imagination. Sometimes, you know, and people say, how could God just and kill these people? You know what? Because He's merciful. I mean, there's enough wickedness in our world. For God just to consume everyone. Believe me. I mean, we, we just see here now, right? But if we read the news, if you look what's going on in our world, we said the wickedness that goes on, God will just, just it's by His mercy, He's going to consume everybody. Same way here. So let's go number two. Shemei, gracious Savior. After the rebellion with Absalom was gone, David returned to Jerusalem to his throne. Now imagine Shemei, uh, Shemei right here. He cursed, the, he, cursed, he cursed the king. He throws stones at him. He, 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 the soldier tried to just decapitate him, but now, and now he, king, the king comes back and things begin to sing different for this guy. He goes, oh no, I'm in trouble. You ever been there? You did something not so good, then you find yourself, things turn around against you and you go, oh, I'm in trouble now. Ever been there? I've been there. Oh, I didn't want them one time when... One thing, you know, I, I, I was playing my mom and my dad, and like they had the palm of my hand, I'm playing them in my little wisdom that I had. And I was, then, then they found out. Then I was like, oh, goodness, I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm going to die. I don't want to face my mom and dad. <laughs> oh, that was not a good one. <laughs> but anyway, uh, let us see Shemiah's repent of his sin. 
We see this in 2 Samuel 19, all the way to verse 6, all the way to verse 20. He comes to King David and he regrets what he said, what he did, and he asks forgiveness. Well, the thing is, here's the thing. Did he ask David for forgiveness because he knew that he was on the wrong end of the stick? And he knew that he could lose his, lose his life then? Or did he really meant? Or he really, re- you know, it's two types of forgiveness, isn't it? It's one that you really humbly ask for it. And another one, you just do it because you have to. You follow that? This guy, I believe, what he did, ask the Lord, ask David to forgive him is because he had to. You follow that? Because it, the way he ends his life, it tells me that this guy, he really had to. Because he wanted to save his neck. So, <laughs> so when, when Shimei meets David, he confesses his wrongdoing. And in his sin, at verse 19 to 20, and he also pledges allegiance to, to David as his king. Wow. He seems to be sincere, but as we shall see, his repentance was only half-hearted, of course. He was merely telling David that he thought David wanted to, uh, he, what, he, what he thought David wanted to hear, and many people do that. And it's amazing, you know, it amazes me. I don't know about you, but it amazes, it amazes me every time. So you watching the news, and you got to get this, Famous person in this politic, they got caught in some something, and they got me in front of the cameras. I am really sorry for what I did. I was like, yeah, yeah, you are. You really are. It's because you got caught, and you have to. So you go in front of it so everybody feels bad for you. The whole nation is going to feel bad for you because you got caught. You ever seen those things? It is like, you just, I just wonder every time, you really, you really regretful, or you're just trying to... That's what this guy's doing here. So let it be, you see, Shimei is reminded of his sentence. Uh, verse uh, 21, it says, And Abishai uh, answered and said, Shall not Shimei be put to death for this, because he cursed the Lord's anointed? David man, David's man want to kill Shimei, and he is reminded that he deserves to die for his transgression. Well, just touch this. Just, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I don't know why I'm holding here. Um, but see, uh, I don't know what I wrote there. I'm just moving down. <laughs> so anyway, so sometimes, you know, like, when in the world did I put this? <laughs> so he's reminded of a, of a sentence here. He's reminded that what he did to David, the wrong that he did, what he deserved, but he got mercy. Wow. I think it's the same thing to everybody that is not saved. Well, you can, we can move this thing to that. You know how many times these people uh, are reminded of God's mercy and grace and they refuse it. But about those who receive Jesus as Savior. Isn't that wonderful? They see the mercy and the mercy of God in their lives. So uh, was that letter C that I gave you? Did I give you letter C? Letter C. Uh, Shemiah receives mercy. In verse 22 to verse 23, we see that the king, I'm not going to read these verses for the sake of time, but uh, 2 Samuel 19, 22 and 23, he receives mercy from David. So instead of having uh, Shemiah kill David, forgives him. David forgives Shemiah's sin, but he expected Shemiah loyalty here. He expected Shimei to live up to his confession and, and profession. You see, before David died, he commanded his son concerning Shimei. Let's go up to 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 8. 
That's what we want to grab. And we went back a little bit to Second Samuel. But let's go to First Kings chapter two, verse eight. Look what it says: "And behold, thou hast with thee Shimei, the son of Gera, and a, ben a Benjamite of uh, whatever city is that, which cursed me with a grievous curse in the day when I uh, I went to." Uh, whatever name is that one too, Brother Tom. <laughs> but he came down to meet me at Jordan, and I swear to him by the Lord, saying, I will not put thee to death with the sword. Now therefore, look what he says, like that's David telling his son, now therefore, hold him not guiltless, for thou art a wise man, and knowest what th uh, thou art to do unto him, but is or had bring thou down to the grave with blood. So David said, you know what? Take care of him. Literally what he's saying, take care of him. So apparently David still had good reason to doubt the sincerity of Shimei and his repentance. You know what? As you go through life, didn't you see people like that? And when they like, you know, uh, you, you second guess, like, really, these, these people really repent of what they did? You know, you kind of, uh. You know, these people, it is people like that. You know, uh, so anyway, note, when the Lord saves us, He expects us to walk in His will and become like Him, First John 2, 6. When the Lord saves us, He cleanses us from our sin, but He expects us to follow Him in absolute loyalty. You follow that? The Lord wants us to be loyal to Him. Here's my question. Are you loyal to your Lord? You ever see a, a movie about kings? You ever see the knights? When the king puts the sword on the shoulders of the knight. You know what they do in there? That knight is giving his loyalty to his king. Literally saying to the king, I will die for you, my king. They will fight to death to defend their king. Now, who is Jesus? Our king. How loyal are you to your king? Follow that? God wants us absolutely loyalty to defend Him everywhere we go. Defend His, defend his name. Defend who He is. Defend His, his gospel. Defend, defend everything about our God. We are to be loyal to our Lord. So you know what? We are Christians when we get out of bed, all the way when we go back to bed. We are Christians. We're not just Christians here and there and, and some here. No, no, no. We are the childs of the king. We are the servants of the king. The Lord Jesus is our king and we represent him where we go and we defend him. Even if we die doing that. Loyalty. That's one word that uh, you don't hear much these days. But loyalty. Number three. Shemiah's sentence. After David's dad, Shimei demonstrates genuine character as he pays a high price. You know, some people like to hide their character, how they are, but this guy tried to. But we can see the pattern here. And you see the pattern of people and how they try to hide their character, but we, then you can see really, uh, really how they are. This guy shows us true colors here. So letter A, a line is drawn. A line is drawn, and we see this in 1 Kings 2, 36 to 38. Solomon got the word from his father, and Solomon took with this guy. Again, we see mercy here. We see Solomon saying, okay, I know what you have done to my father. I'm not naive, 
Mr. Shemiai. Let me tell you, I know everything about you. But I'm going to let you live. And this is the conditions. Don't draw the line. If you step off that line, you'll be a dead man. You think Solomon was reasonable? I think he was very reasonable. He was very reasonable. You think God is reasonable with the sinner? I think God is very reasonable. God gives a spend of time to every human being. Some 10, some whatever age people have, some 20, some 100. And God is very reasonable to everyone. And God says, listen, this is what I have for you. I send my son. He paid a penalty for your sin. Salvation is full and free. It's for you if you want. I think God is very reasonable. When a person steps out of that line and dies, say, oh, I deserve to go to heaven. No, no, you're going to hell. God is very reasonable. All those years, every human being. Shimei had a line there that David said, you know what? I mean, David, Solomon said, Shimei, this is what I have for you. Don't cross that line. I'm being very reasonable to you. And if you, as long as you live there, you're fine. I won't touch you. But if you step over that line, God says the same thing to every sinner. You can live how you want here, but you know what? I have an offer for you. If you pass over this life to the next life without receiving that offer, you step over the line. So, let it be. We see an oath is declared. Verse 38. And Shemiah said said unto the king, The saying is good. As my lord the king had said, so so will thy servant do. And Shemiah dwelt in Jerusalem many days. So, David, I mean David, I'm sorry. Solomon said, this is my condition. This is what I'm going to do for you. And this guy said, that's good. I agree with that. I can live with that. So he knew exactly what it was. He agreed with it. So it was not like he was blind to it. You follow that? He was not blind to it. He knew exactly what the king said. And he agreed. He said, this is good. I can do that. It's the same thing about salvation. God says, is, is what I give to you, was, is, this is what I offer to you. And people say, oh, this is good. One day I get saved. But this is good. And many never get saved. So we see here that this man even declared that is good. So Shemiah and heart the man's, and he says it's good. So let us see. We see a promise is this, the, the, a promise is this disregarded. Verse 39 and verse 40 shows us that this guy is a half-hearted guy. This guy is a guy that, that only says, I'm sorry, just because to appease him for his own self-interest. Because now what he do? He goes after somebody. He crosses that line. Like, you know, I don't know if he thought maybe in his mind that king, the king would never find out. But you know what? Somebody saw it. Somebody reported. And somebody went to Solomon. So, we see right here, Shemiah did what he did because he was guilty of wrong thinking concerning Solomon. He probably thought that Solomon was like David. I'm just going to give you mercy and mercy and mercy and have a good nothing with you. But Solomon was a different man. Actually, Solomon kept his word. You see, 
Solomon mean that he said, mean what he said, and he said, do not cross those boundaries. Shemiah was about to find out this at first hand. So let me put it this way, folks. God has certain boundaries that we dare not cross. There are at least three that we can clearly identify here. But God has boundaries that we did not cross. I heard a story. Well, it's a true story. Um, it was a church up in Missouri. And uh, the pastor, one of the, the families that were in that church actually uh, became my pastor, First Baptist Church, Pastor Goad. And uh, we left that church. It was a big church. I, know, I think this church don't even exist anymore, which is sad. Uh, there was three deacons in the church, three deacons, or three treasurers. Treasurers, it was the treasurers, yes. In the church, which, you know, they dealt with all the money. It was a big church, huge church. And they embezzled all the church money. They divided amongst themselves. It bankrupted the church. All, the, all three of them were in cahoots with each other. Don't you know, in one year, they all died of cancer, all three of them. All three of them died of cancer in the same year. There are boundaries that you do not cross with God. There are boundaries that you do not cross with God. You know, I always pray, Lord, give me wisdom and discernment to use your money, not mine. It's your money, Lord. I was like, I when I heard... Pastor Goat is the one who told me this story. Obviously, he knew the people more than I, because I don't know the people. But ironically, there are boundaries that do not cross with God. So there are three here that we can uh, uh, look at. It. So the first two of these boundaries can only be crossed by a lost person and the other by a saved person. Number one is sending away uh, the day of grace. Uh, this refers to a person ignoring the call of God to come to Jesus for salvation. You know, you go to a person and you witness to them and you witness to them and they mock you, they laugh at you, they say, I don't want to. You know what? Grace is coming to them. And they don't want either grace or mercy. Can you imagine that? God in His grace sent His messenger to a lost person. And a messenger comes with a message from God. Listen, when you, bring, when, you, when you talk to somebody about the Lord, all right, the messenger that you bring is not your message. It's God's message. You're just a messenger. You come in and you bring a messenger from whom? From the king, from God. So grace is coming with you. And you give that message. Grace is about to reach the heart of that person. And of course... When they, if that person receives, mercy gets in because now that person gets saved. But they reject both mercy and grace. Number two, coming to the day of debt unsaved. This refers to a life lived in sin that ends in debt before a person comes to Jesus for salvation. Debt is coming for everyone. We know that. And it catches many off guard. Something they have plenty of time to live, which is not true. The fact is, debt is coming, and, it, and if we knew when debt comes, we'd be ready prepared. And actually, you know what? If we live today like today is our last day, maybe we'd be better, better prepared. Maybe we'd live better for God. 
Well, we think, we all, I mean, in our human mind, we all think, like, I'm going to die of a good old age. I mean, that's, that's our mentality. So we think about, when I retire, I'm going to do this, I'm going to, because that's the way we think. But the reality is, we don't have a, a guarantee of tomorrow. So that catches many people uh, uh, unprepared. Why? Because they're not saved. So to get this, never think for a minute that God is too good or too loving to excuse a, uh, a sentence upon those who cross his deadlines. Don't you think that people are going to die, they're wicked all their lives, they reject the gift of salvation, and God says, that's okay, you can come here. It's not going to happen. The only thing that can, uh, can change that way is by that person receiving that gift of salvation. Let it be a transgression, transgressor is destroyed. We see here the, from, the, from verse um, uh, 41 to verse 43. So Shemiah crosses the boundaries Solomon has dictated, and his sentence was ex- executed exactly the way he, Solomon said. So Solomon here capped his words. He said, when you cross that line, you will suffer consequences. He did. He did suffer consequences. He lost his life. He came at him. You know, some people think the same thing. I can cross this line from this life to the next life, and I'm going to heaven. No, you're not. Not without Jesus as your personal Savior. Folks, there are people who heard the gospel message over and over and over and over again and continue to reject it and reject it and reject it. And they think like, you know, they, they make mockery of those who bring the message. Listen, you're not rejecting me, you're rejecting God in His free gift, a gift of grace and mercy, and you're rejecting that? And you think there won't be no consequences after? Listen, I see the people, I see, you know what, people confront me like that and begin so, so ignorant like that, I say to them, do you want to read with me the book of Revelation? You want to sit down and just let's read together the book of Revelation and see what God says. Maybe it will sober your mind a little bit. I conclude with this, folks. There are boundaries that we should never cross. There are boundaries everywhere in our world that we never cross. And for the unsaved, there's a boundary they should cross is to run to Jesus. They should cross that boundary of sin and run to Jesus the right way. By admitting that they're sinners, by confessing their sin to God and calling on Him to save them. But I tell you folks, live within the boundaries that God placed in your life and you will be blessed. God will bless you. Live within those boundaries. Because you know what? We have a God that loves us, cares for us. He doesn't want to harm us. If the Lord says, don't go there, don't go there, it's because He doesn't want to harm us. He wants the best for us. Don't we do that to our children? Don't touch that thing. Don't go over there. Why do we do that? Because we don't want them to hurt themselves. 
And we teach our kids, don't cross the street without looking both ways. Why is that? We don't want them to get hurt. God is the same way. He's our loving Father. He loves His children. He loves us. Live within God's boundaries. And you will live a joyful life. Yesterday, I sang the song, Bringing in the Sheaves, all day. <laughs> you know why? Because somebody sent me a text message saying, I woke up singing, uh, Bringing in the Sheaves. You know what they did to me? I sing all day, Bringing in the Sheaves. <laughs> that was a blessing. But anyway, you know, I, I don't know why I said that. But anyway, <laughs> live within God's boundaries, and you will never go wrong. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for boundaries. Even though we know many people don't like boundaries, they like to be wild. But, Lord, there are boundaries we shouldn't cross. Lord, help us as your children to live within your boundaries, Lord. Why we should do that, Lord? Because we know you love us and care for us. And you want the best for us, Lord. And help us to do that in Jesus' name. Amen.